Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. You know, I'm a little nervous today. <laughs> Don't be nervous. With, without Zeb here to give me a hard time. Well, uh, that's why I'm here. Okay, I appreciate shoot. that. Anytime. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, next to winning the Civil War and abolishing slavery, building the first transcontinental railroad from Omaha, Nebraska to Sacramento, California, was really the greatest achievement of the American people in the 19th century. It was huge. Huge. And the next big thing was actually the Panama Canal. Now, to set the stage, I want you folks to picture in your mind, we're going to start at Omaha, Nebraska, and follow the Platte River to Grand Island, to North Platte, to Julesburg, which is in the northeast corner of Colorado, and then up into Nebraska a little ways, and then over into southern Wyoming, to Cheyenne, Laramie, Rollins, Green River. Then they dropped on down to into Utah, to Ogden, Corinne, uh, Utah, Kelton, Utah, and that's where Promontory Summit is, where they drove the, the Golden Spike. Now the, the, the route continued down into northern Nevada, through Elko, Battle Mountain, Winnemucca, on down into uh, California, down to Reno, and down into Sacramento. So that's the route, but what we're going to talk about today is the route that uh, from the east to the west. Okay. So that's just going to be the Union Pacific, all right? So, uh, of course, obviously, to figure out where they're going to go, you've got to have surveyors. Yes. So the surveyors came first, and it was fitting since they enjoyed life in the open more than most men. And they were like the early 19th century mountain men, actually. These guys were adventurous. They were capable of taking care of themselves. They were ready for whatever the wilderness threw at them. And they were out in front of the of civilization. And, you know, I just imagine they were enjoying the views and the air, the campfire, the game cooked over the fire, the drinking pure water from the rivers and the creeks and the lakes and exploring the country and mapping it. I mean, for the surveyors, this was great. And I've got to tell you, Gina, uh, years ago, I uh, floated down the middle fork of the Salmon River uh-huh. when I was about 14. And at that time, if we were thirsty, we just took a cup and drank right out of the now middle you, fork of the Salmon. You might not want to do that nowadays. <laughs> you may not. You may come home with more than you bargained for. <laughs> right. Anyway, so, you know, nothing could be done until, until they had laid out and marked the line. Now, obviously, on flat ground with no trees, the work involved in surveying was pretty easy. But there's precious little terrain on earth that doesn't have ridges and bumps and ravines and streams and all that. And because a 19th century train could not run up or down an incline of more than 2% or go around a sharp curve, the hills or ridges had to be cut through to keep the tracks close to or at the level. Now, you got to think the ravines, the valleys, the mountains had to be either filled or they had to build a bridge to be strung across them. And in the foothills, uh, not to mention the mountainous country, this was a difficult task. Uh, try to figure out 
you know, how this train could not have more than a 2% grade. Now, the surveyors, like I said, they were the first guys to head out and get this done. Now, I'm going to mention two main guys. One guy is a guy by the name of Dodge, Grenville Dodge. Okay. And I'm just going to mention he actually was a civil engineer. He distinguished himself as a Civil War general and railroad builder. He served as the chief engineer of the Union Pacific leg. Now, remember, this is the eastern leg coming west uh, of the Transcontinental Railroad. Now, Dodge actually was quite a wheeler-dealer businessman, and he actually amassed a pretty huge fortune. And, you know, you got to wonder, okay, he knew where the railroad was going. Maybe he bought up a little land along the railroad. You know, know. hedging his bets just a little. Who knows? But Mm -hmm. anyway, over his lifetime, Dodge is said to have been associated with the building of more than 10,000 miles of railroad, besides this transcontinental. And on the estimated 60,000 miles, he had surveyed just him with his crew. But uh, along those routes, he also platted and established communities, including Cheyenne, Wyoming, Dodge City, Laramie. But uh, like I say, in 1869, Dodge was the Central Pacific's chief engineer uh, set to, for the drive the final spike at uh, Promontory Point. So uh, anyway, uh, like I say, they had to get out there. They went first, Dodge and a guy named Day. And they were spared the task of laying out the exact line for the graders to follow, but they had to pick kind of a general course that would work. So they had to find passes through the mountains, and they could be reached, uh, that could be reached from the ridges that kept below a 2% grade. They wanted to avoid major lakes and rivers. At stream crossings, they were looking for places that could be bridged without a great deal of, of difficulty. Um, they hoped to build the cuts and the fills uh, to a minimum. They hoped to avoid major snowstorms that would fill the road and prevent train passage. Now, in open, relatively flat country, they wanted to be next to or near streams or at a place where water could be dug since the stream, steam engines required water, obviously, to operate. And as did the workers and the men and the animals, they all needed water. And staying as far away from possible from the Indians was another goal but staying near buffalo and other animals was desirable. So this was kind of a conflict of interest uh, because the Indians, obviously, they wanted to be where the, the buffalo and the wild game was also. But most of all, the Central Pacific wanted to find a route that was as straight as possible to the east, while the Union Pacific wanted to go straight west. Well, the surveyors had nearly 2,000 miles to cover over every kind of terrain. And obviously, they had no airplanes to provide them with a view from above. There were no helicopters, no balloons. And for nearly the whole of the route, there were no maps. So they were kind of going at this pretty pretty green. But there was no, almost nothing to indicate settlements other than actually Salt Lake City was the only major stop uh, from east to west. And there were no, no towns of any size, maybe a few little villages or hamlets, but... Uh, and also, there were no topographical maps. They had nothing to indicate lakes or rivers or the shape of mountains over or around where the railroad would pass. So, in a way, you could really compare these guys to Lewis and Clark and other explorers. They had a general kind of a vague idea of where they were headed, but uh, it was pretty vague. Well, despite their handicaps, the original surveyors and the ones who followed to mark out the line for the graders actually did a great job. Nearly a full century later, in the 1950s and 60s, when surveyors flying in airplanes and helicopters 
and equipped with modern implements and maps, when they laid out a line for Interstate 80, they followed almost exactly the route laid out by the original surveyors. So travelers in the 21st century now, as we drive on I-80, uh, were almost on exactly the original tracks laid out by those surveyors. And again, with, you know, very basic instruments. So, but as I mentioned, uh, for the Union Pacific, Grenville Dodge uh, was the first man, and he recommended following the Platte River to the base of the Rocky Mountains. Now, Peter Day was also a surveyor, and he was uh, the second guy, and he kind of had some ideas as well. In fact, uh, Day examined three routes west of Julesburg, Colorado. Now, think of Julesburg, Colorado, right there in the northeast corner. Okay. Now, the first route followed the valley of Lodgepole Creek coming out of the Black Hills, then went up and over the Black Hills through Cheyenne Pass and down through the Laramie Plains. Now, the second route, now this is a little bit farther north. It followed the north fork of the Platte River through western Nebraska, went over the Continental Divide, and through a pretty easy crossing called South Pass, then west to Green River into western Wyoming. Now, the third route, that followed, it was a, a more southern route. It followed the South Platte River to Denver and then led up the Rockies to cross the Continental Divide. And obviously, Denver, <laughs> they would have loved to have that go through, uh, through Denver. Well, when everything was said and done, they picked the route, the middle route, over Cheyenne Pass. And uh, they eventually uh, called that pass uh, Sherman Hill and in... 1864, President Lincoln approved that route. So the northern route and the southern route were not used. Are you with me, Gene, on I'm, that? I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. So east and west were used, but not north and south. Right, yeah. Okay. They stayed pretty much heading straight west. Anyway, so what was needed most of all, at least at first, was a line through the Wasatch Range into the Salt Lake Valley. Ooh. And anybody that's gone that way, you know that uh, <laughs> there's some pretty rough mountains in the U <laughs> Uintas and yes. through that area. Mm -hmm. You know, now, accordingly, they recruited two fine engineers, a guy by the name of Samuel Reed and another guy, James Evans, to head separate parties to find a passage. Well, in April 25th, 1864, Day wrote to Reed, instructing him to run a line from Salt Lake City up to where the Weber River broke through the mountains, then east up the Weber Canyon to Echo Creek, and then on to Wyoming. So he was kind of going from west to east. Now, Day wanted Reed and Evans to examine other routes, but he thought the Weber Echo would be the best, although he admitted it's rugged country, there's not a lot known about it, and uh, it's going to be rough. See, but he included, they included, he said, as a general rule, it will be safe to sacrifice distance and straight lines to the cost of construction. So, in other words, to go longer on the route was better than trying to go uh, through the mountains where you have to fill in and cut out of the mountains. So, it would actually be cheaper, even though they were taking a longer route. Now, this Reed guy, he was one of the two engineers, he headed west in April of 1864, first by train to the end of the track in Iowa, then by stagecoach to Omaha. It was a rough ride. In Omaha, there was a rush of gold seekers trying to get to the latest discoveries in Montana. Gold! Hundreds, hundreds pass through here every day. He said, old men, young men, the lame, the blind, with women and children, all heading west to the promised land, so to speak. 
Anyway, the stage ride to Salt Lake City was another 13 days. Holy moly. And he was so glad to get there. And I'll tell you, Gina, we, this summer we did a stagecoach ride up in uh, Virginia City, Nevada. Okay. And we only went for about an hour. <laughs> it, Rough ride, isn't uh, it? Yeah, kind of a little bouncy, you know, for 13 days anyway. Uh, anyway, so in Salt Lake, Reed met with Brigham Young, who gave him equipment and 15 men. Now, after training them, Reed headed north to where the Weber River emerged from the Wasatch Range onto the valley. He went up the canyon until he came to a place called Devil's Gate. And he says that after further progress upstream, he came to what they call Echo Creek. Well, he followed it across the mountains to Bear River, north of the Uinta Mountains, and near present-day Evanston, Wyoming. And from there, it was almost a straight shot east to Omaha. Now, if you look on a map, folks, a topographical map, you will see the mountains, and it's uh, it was quite a feat to figure out a way to get a train through all that. Well, the exploration took Reed four months. He never enjoyed, enjoyed work so much. I mean, you know, you've been in the mountains, the brilliance of the air, the warm days, the cold nights, the beauty of the scenery, you know, untouched by humans, basically. Right. Very beautiful. Yeah. And the idea that he was the advance agent in transforming this land from nature's wilderness to civilization. I don't know if that's good or bad, but anyway, from August to November, he did more surveying, looking for a route south of the Weber River, then for one leading west from Salt Lake City and another, uh, and finding neither, he returned to Omaha by stage. Well, in picking out the men uh, that they wanted to be in charge of this whole thing, uh, they wanted this guy named Gren Grenville Dodge. Like I say, he was a Civil War vet, he was a civil engineer, uh, pretty headstrong guy, I guess you, one way to put it. Anyway, now his main task, actually, before he could even start working on the railroad, was to curb the Indians who had done some damage. And in 1865, the Sioux, the Cheyenne, the Arapaho, they rode into Jules Big, Colorado, Julesburg, I'm sorry, and they killed 15 soldiers and a number of civilians, and they burned every building, and farms along the Platte River were burned to the ground. And remember, it's the Platte River is where the railroad wants to go. Yes. Through the, along the Platte. So anyway, uh, to meet the Indian threat, uh, Dog sent out uh, a general order to all the district commanders on the Great Plains to place every mounted man in your command on the South Platte route, repair telegraph lines, and basically uh, try to take, keep the Indians under control. So, anyway, uh, Dodge was still looking for a route over the Black Hills. And in April 1865, the Civil War came to an end, and, of course, we know Lincoln was shot and killed. And this was kind of what we would call the Gilded Age was about to begin. But before America could get industrialized, it needed this transportation system. Yes. So, anyway, the future for the railroads looks especially bright to the west of the Missouri River and east of the Sierra Nevada uh, where the government owned nearly all the land and would give a lot of it away to the railroads. And, of course, they also gave a lot of, uh, away to uh, farmers and ranchers, people that wanted to just stake out a claim. So, anyway, the surveyors were critical to make this happen, and for the Union Pacific, uh, the general route uh, north on the side of the Platte River had been set. Uh, the exact line had not been set. So, Still, the, the corporation had surveyors uh, working out in front. Among them was a guy named Arthur Ferguson. And I see we're running out of time. <laughs> but uh, let me just tell you, this Arthur Ferguson was a 24-year-old young man, 
and uh, he was along the north side of the Platte River for 150 miles west, and previous uh, surveyors had already marked the line from Omaha to Columbus, but Ferguson's party consisted of 15 men, including assistants, teamsters, cooks. Uh, they slept on buffalo robes. They got up early. They traveled all day, pitched their tents. Uh, it was really a, a great camping trip for these guys. But immediately after breakfast of meat, bread, and potatoes and strong coffee, the teams were hitched, and he says, we were rolling over the plains. And very occasionally, they would see a cabin, a few acres, but some hardy pioneer. Uh, and a lot of times, they would only make uh, about a mile or maybe two uh, of surveying as they went along, depending on the terrain. Yep. And they were along, like say, the Platte River. And uh, on August 2nd, the party reached Columbus, where it camped for four days. And uh, as they were going along, uh, the wagons hauling the supplies, uh, they were going ahead while the surveyors were with, uh, with the wagon carrying their instruments, food and stakes, uh, started staking it out. Uh, now, as they went along here, and I, I, I know we've only got a couple of minutes here left, but uh, keep in mind, these guys were amazing surveyors to be able to set and mark the line for the graders who would come next, the guys that actually had to dig the dirt and fill in. Now, Grenville Dodge was determined that the Union Pacific be built. So in September 1865, he set out to discover a pass over what's called the Black Hills, which is today's uh, Laramie Mountains. Okay. Now, he wasn't hopeful because of the short slopes and the, the height of the hills. So anyway, he was on these hills near present-day Rollins, Wyoming. So they still weren't exactly sure how to go. Well, about noon, Dodge and his party uh, and a group of Cheyennes discovered each other. Now, the Cheyenne Indians were held at bay by shooting at them occasionally. It was nearly night when his troops saw his smoke signal and came to his relief. Well, in going down the ridge uh, along Cheyenne, by Cheyenne, Wyoming, Dodge said, We followed this ridge out until I discovered it led down to the plains without a break. He said to his men, I believe we have found the crossing of the Black Hills. So it was really kind of an accident that he actually found the final destination route that yes. they couldn't quite take. Now, I got to tell you, folks, if you've never stopped at Promontory Point, uh, where the Golden Spike was driven mm -hmm. between between here and Salt Lake City, you got to stop there. See, I've often thought about it, you know, when yeah. the, on our trips, and I, I really want to take my son there to go see the Golden Spike, but I have not yet. In the summertime, you can drive over there. They have two replica train engines that they bring out nose to nose just like they did in that picture uh -huh. and they'll bring them out and they bring them out nose to nose you can climb on them you can look at them and uh, they have a great visitor center there with videos and movies of uh, the golden spike and when this happened and uh, it's definitely worth a stop folks so if you're ever heading that way you if you're going from idaho down you can get off there at uh, that one Stop uh, Thiokol. Yes. Thiokol, head over there, and then when you come out, you can come out over, keep going uh, over, and you can come out at Brigham City. Okay. So you're not backtracking. So, folks, if you get a chance, follow the stop. freeway signs. Yes, you'll get there. <laughs> you will, too. So, that's just a small part of the story of the Transcontinental Railroad. But yeah, and, and you really tried to truncate that because I know that there's a whole bunch more history oh. within that particular story, of course, uh, Dr. History every Tuesday. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Dr-History.com on the internet. And for those of you that are driving down the road, you can just go to iTunes and type in Dr. History Podcast 
her podcast of the Old West, and we've got about 160 stories on there right wow, now. Wow, look at you getting all technological and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting. Took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a little bit farther along than I am. I still don't even podcast. Thank you, Dr. You History, bet. for uh, coming in. Great story. And what do, you, what do you have next week? That remains a mystery at this point. It's always a mystery. It always is, all yes. Right. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>